all right happy victory monday to everybody in sharks territory what's going on i am aaron james this is the shark city podcast i think the buzz is starting to just wear off the whole um hangover of a weekend of back-to-back victories for the Saudi sharks that's what i'm talking about it's been a while it's been quite a while that it's felt this great to be a sharks fan in san jose and everywhere else, wherever you're watching Sharks Hockey from, just like wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, this is the 29th episode, one of the final three remaining episodes covering the 2021-2022 season. So um, I want to start off this show with a big shout out to all of you in Sharks territory who have been following the show since we've launched in January of 2021. Uh, thanks for all the love and support in our first season of the pod. Another big shout out to everyone who listens on the show uh, via your favorite podcast platforms in Canada, UK, Ireland, Philippines, Sweden, and coast to coast United States. Uh, thank you for being a part of the journey. And, um, you know, a special sh- thank you for the brave ones who share their take with the show, whether it's in the Instagram live chat or a voicemail to the show. Thank you as well. All right, so let's get to it. Sharks won back-to-back games against Chicago and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, bulk of today's show is going to be a reaction to those two games. Um, also, you know, we got some names being thrown out there in the hat for the uh, Sharks general manager search. Kevin Weeks' name has come up nationwide now. He's making, you know, big, big media splash, big news. If you've been listening to this program, you know, a few episodes back, we covered some of the uh, GM candidates. We did speak about him as well. So, um, you know, we'll cover that briefly a little bit for those of you who didn't get a chance to keep that episode yet and um i'll probably end the evening with more evidence of bob bugner remaining as a head coach next season all right so um before we get started i just want to you know do the whole shameless plug here uh, check us out at sharkcityhockey.com that's where all the uh, previous episodes can be found and follow us across social media if you are not already um at shark city hockey speaking of which um Apparently, most of you have been missing our content on Twitter. I just found out that our account was lightweight censored. So the best way to stay up to date is to follow us directly on Twitter at Shark City Hockey. Uh, Also, feel free to join the 1,200 other fans of Shark City Hockey content by liking and following our Facebook page. And uh, don't ever miss a live stream. Make sure you get the notifications here on Instagram uh, live at Shark City Hockey. All right. Enough of the shameless plugs. Let's get this going. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, Sounds like Sharks have two-game road trip back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. They just finished it up. They'll be in town tomorrow to face the Ducks. Uh, we all thought that Ryan Getzlaff was going to play his final game or one of his final games in San Jose. We thought that was going to happen. Obviously, that's not the case. Um, so, quick, um, you know, congrats to Ryan Getzlaff out there um, on his career. But enough of that. Uh, we got the Ducks tomorrow. This past weekend, we defeated the Blackhawks and the Golden Knights. Uh, first and foremost, in Chicago, it was great to see the team win against another club who was in the same situation as the San Jose Sharks. Chicago Blackhawks are on the cuffs of a full rebuild. Uh, the fact that the Sharks were able to win shows some promise that this team may just be a few key prospects in the lineup away from becoming competitive once again. Um Really, really awesome game. Sharks pretty much controlled throughout the whole entire uh, matchup. Um, goal scored by 
Uh, Jasper Weatherby got his fifth of the season. Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer can't get enough of those names in the goal scoring department this year. Uh, Hurdle, who has 30 on the season now, he scored his 30th in Vegas. He also scored his 29th against Chicago. And uh, Timo Meyer, he scored his 34th against Chicago as well. And Nick Bonino. Nick Bonino almost had a hat trick against Vegas, but he got um, you know, he got the put away goal late in Chi Town. And um that was on the power play. So yeah, you know, uh pretty much penalty uh excuse me, special teams were, were a big difference in Chicago. Uh Sharks were able to defend two of the uh power plays. They took two penalties. Um as you know as much as I'm going to, you know, want to reflect on what went down in Chicago, um, obviously uh, you have another victory from Capo, uh, excuse me, Capo Kakinen. Uh, he made 27 saves on 28 shots. Damn near perfect, part of my language. But yeah, um, as much as I want to spend some time reflecting on that, we all just want to get to, you know, the juicy part, right? The Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> I mean... Not to overreact here, not to overreact, but um, man, that game was just—it was fun. A lot, a lot of people, you know, right away are throwing some shade, talking about um, you know, that like you know the Sharks fans are acting like they won the Stanley Cup or whatever. Okay, hey, it is what it is. All right, it is what it is. We we um. We are celebrating, and, and I hate to say this because I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but um, you know, we've been holding on, we've been we've been squeezing the juice out of that berry, which is game seven against the Vegas Golden Knights a few years ago. We've squeezed all the juice out of that berry. So it's really nice to um you know see I guess how do I say this better? Uh, you know, the future of the franchise now with Tomas, Bar- uh, Tomas Bartolo, the other strange occurrence, right? He wore number 23, obviously Barclay Goodrow, pardon me, Barclay Goodrow, ex-Sharks. He wore number 23 when he won that in overtime. But yeah, anyways, it's just nice to see us like literally um, have that, I guess, uh, OT in April against the Vegas Knights. It's nice to see us kind of like refresh or regain or renew that um, kind of like uh, bragging rights over them because it was already stale. I'll be honest with you. It was stale, the whole Game 7, uh, as glorious as it was. So it was nice to get something a little bit more current. Anyways, um, let me just jump back really quick to Chicago because I you know, I want to show them some, some respect. Uh, in terms of what I mentioned earlier, how they, um, you know, they might be on the cusp of a full rebuild. I mean, their general manager says it's time for a rebuild, so... They're talking about the the likes of like Patrick Kane. I mean, all these legends that um, you know, all these franchise legends with multiple Stanley Cup championships. You know, their names are essentially you know they're right there on the block. So it goes to show you the whole reason I'm, I'm going back to that is that even even if you win multiple Stanley Cups and you have legends you know of hockey on your team, uh, when it's time to move on for the better future of the franchise. Uh, even the greats become expendables. And, you know, the Sharks kind of went through that. You know, we lost Pavelski. We lost... We didn't really lose Marlowe. We kind of lost him. We got him back. But, you know, we lost Thornton and a bunch of other, you know, solid, um, you know, depth forwards in in the process to where we are now. So, um, you know, just know that, you know, um, this isn't unique to the sounds of Sharks fans. 
Uh, there are other clubs out there who had um, greatness even higher than what we've achieved yet. And listen, they're, they're right there with us. As a matter of fact, I believe... Um, actually, you know what? Let's go back to the hype. All right, let's go back to the hype. I'm going to just leave it at that with Chicago. Back to Vegas. Uh, I Honestly... You know, the game was like promoted as if it was an elimination game, even though the outcome doesn't really disqualify Vegas from the playoffs. So um, I was just happy as a Sharks fan that it lived up to the hype because this game was being promoted like it was an elimination game. Like they're they're talking about like, you know, uh, Timo Meyer, you know, putting some extra sauce on it, talking about like, oh, you know, like, like this is the most important game of the season, essentially, Um, you know. I felt like that was a great campaign. You know, you made, you made us interested in what, and I hate to say this and I ain't trying to throw my own shade, but what was overall and a meaningless game in regards to the standings in regards to the, you know, the, the effect, you know, like they gave Vegas a point, right? I mean, if it wasn't for the, the miraculous um, 0.9 second goal, I can't get enough of those, by the way, that's like the second time this happened. Uh, this, you know, in the past couple of months, but anyways, um, but yeah, you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, it, it would have been a lot of hype that, um, pretty much was all for nothing. So I am extremely happy to see that cap pain pay off because, you know, the only thing that made this game special was the fact that the Sharks manifested that game seven energy and, you know, they tied the game late and, um, you can't write this any better, but again, the future to franchise Thomas Bordolo wearing number 23 now holds the prize of that overtime glory and the fan base can cease from living in the past in 2019 and now we can live right now in the present um it's also worth mentioning for those of you out there who are confused that was not thomas bordelos first career nhl goal as it it occurred in the shootout so that does not count toward his goals but yeah, all that to say is the Sharks finally beat Peter DeBoer's Golden Knights, and that is what I am more stacked about than anything. Forget the whole Game 7 energy. Forget the whole, like, you know, um, history repeating itself, so to speak, just a, you know, a day after a year of the anniversary, just one day after. But it's the fact that the Sharks finally broke an 11-game losing streak that really all started when Peter DeBoer became the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's what I am more happy about and sad about. It's like, you know, yeah, we're going to see them plenty of times, um, considering that they are our division opponents, our or division rivalry, or our divisional foes. You know, choose whichever one you want to stick with. But it's nice to see the Sharks' locker room kind of like symbolically move past their ex-coach, the only one to take them to the promised land, and Peter DeBoer. And, you know, some of them are saying, hey, you know, uh, we may have um, put them on the hot seat as well in Vegas. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I highly doubt it. Um, so, yeah, again, thank God the Sharks renewed their overtime bragging rights, uh, bragging rights, pardon me, because they've literally squeezed all the juice out of that Game 7 berry as I am now from this segment. So we are moving on. Okay. Uh, Kevin Weeks' name comes up as a GM, as I um, covered previously. Um the general manager search doesn't really seem to be um, something that the Sharks are necessarily trying to get done um, immediately, I guess, is, is the best way I can say it. 
I mean, they already have stated that they are prepared to go into the NHL draft and, you know, pass the free agency signing period. Um, they're willing to do it with the current staff that, that is on hand right now. Um, so with that being said, um, Mercury News, Curtis Pachalco, he did this great article on all the potential candidates that may be, you know, um, in line for the next Sharks general manager position. Um, just to review a couple of those names, and you could go ahead and, um, you know, check out that episode. I believe it's episode 26, um, you know, for all the details. But I'll just drop the names in here. You have the names of, like, Chris McFarlane. Uh, that's the AGM in Colorado. You have Scott Mellenby, our, um, Sean Burke, Scott Nickel, Kevin Weeks, of course. He's the one making all the headlines to uh, this week or this weekend in Sharks territory. You know, I feel like a lot of that has to do with, okay, first of all, Kevin Weeks would make an excellent general manager in terms of, like, um, you know, the whole, like, PR, public relations, media relations I mean, the guy's ESPN analysis, and he's constantly trending for the way he's breaking his news. Some of them may be a little bit more uh, gimmicky than, than than you know, some of you might like out there. But, hey, you know, to each their own. I mean, I'm doing a podcast, and if you're watching a video format, it's, you know, presents you in a fashion of a cartoon. So some of you might feel that. Some of you might be like, hey, whatever. But back to the point. Uh, Kevin Weeks, if he was to get the position without being, you know, without having to say this again, or this isn't going to be say, but obviously he would become the NHL's first black general manager. So if the Sharks are looking to, you know, uh, break barriers and have from some fresh perspective, you know, given the fact he's an analysis on NHL Network and on ESPN, um, yeah, you know, he would be a, a pretty intriguing, excellent choice. Um, I think like in terms of the national stage, uh, personally, personally, I think it's going to be Eric Tulsi just because of his uh, barrier roots. And again, you know, check out the uh, previous pod as to why I think that is going to be the Sharks' next choice. But hey, we'll see. Uh, one thing's for sure is I don't think the Sounds of Sharks are going to choose a GM at least until midway through next season. Um, and with that being said, uh, let's go into the um, let's get into the final kind of topic. As we approach almost one full period of uh, regulation hockey here, hit the 17 mark. It's uh, late Monday evening, so thank you to everybody who's uh, you know been listening live this whole time through on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Just a reminder: um, feel free to drop comments in the comment section, what whichever platform you're listening to live or watching live. And uh, again, if you want to have your voice featured on this show, check out our voice message uh, service. You can see that on our link tree, or you could visit speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. Drop us a message and be a part of the show. All right. Um, So more evidence that Bog Bugner will be with the team next season. Okay. So in that podcast that I'm referring to, the GM Talk, I was speaking more or less about how it just makes sense for it to be a package deal. It makes no sense for the San Jose Sharks to look for a general manager and, you know, um, like a head coach simultaneously. So um, let me just back up a little bit here, okay? So Bob Bugner spoke to Ted Ramey for the buildup on the Sharks Audio Network. Um, 
And it's obvious that the Sharks are keeping Bob Bugner until, uh, you know, going to next season. And uh, if you check out his recent presser on that show, I believe they might have it on podcast format. Um, or excuse me, uh, the recent news, especially. So for those of you who don't know, the Sharks are opening up their season overseas. And, um, you know, that was a big announcement a couple a couple of days ago. And Bob Bugner already has his travel plans, okay? He already has his travel plans. So he spoke to Ted Ramey on the buildup on Sharks Audio Network. And he was speaking about how, you know, they'll, you know, how they'll be in Prague for most of the time. Spending time, uh, some days in Germany and talking about adjusting back to local time zone after returning. Anyways, all, all that to say is like, it's obvious that, um, you know, it's it's pretty obvious, at least in his mind, that he's going to still be a part of this team, uh, especially during that time, you know, starting, you know, into next season. So, you know, if that's the case, okay, if that's the case, then I just hope that they let these kids play. All right. I don't think it's um, what's the word? I don't think it's a coincidence. And I don't even find it very surprising that the Sharks are playing some of their best hockey against teams who are, you know, um, you know, stronger opponents, so to speak. Um, or some of those, you know, take, taking some teams who are who are playoff teams, for example, taking them the distance. In you know in some of those games, even though it was a lot of it was a chunk of that ten game losing streak not too long ago, but the point I'm trying to get at is um, I do not find it surprising that with you know the likes of Thomas Bordalo, uh, the contributions from Scott Reedy, uh, Weatherby, you know it goes on. You know the this in, this injection of youth that we all know could have happened earlier this season. It just didn't. Okay. It is what it is. Season's almost over. Um, but that injection of the youth is starting to show on the ice. Okay. They're not going to be perfect players. They're not even going to have to like save the franchise. Okay. But okay. The, the one thing that the sharks have done right these past three years is build their talent pool. Their prospect pool is probably one of the absolute best I think I've ever seen in San Jose. Honestly. Um, if these guys aren't on the main roster, the Barracuda are going to be some amazing games to catch at the brand new barn that they're going to be opening up in next season. Um, so with that being said, uh, the sounds of sharks, you know, they're starting to show, you know, um, like so much promise. Like you could just like just the little plays, whether it's Bortolo, um, you know, like disrupting the play, uh, taking away the puck, uh, making a play from a pass at a, tra- you know, like a trapezoid to like uh, Weatherby or some of the younger guys, you know, win- winning in the faceoff circle. I mean, it's just just those little things. A lot of them you can't get from advanced. Uh, statistics some of them are not even recorded in like advanced analytics of the game there's just little certain things that these guys do that um that follows them and 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 just makes every team that they're on successful by by themselves just being an embodiment of like just pure hockey um you know 
I, I, I was about to say godliness, but I don't want to make it like deity. That's just a little too much. But seriously, like these guys, their potential, their promise is is at the ceiling. I mean, we have some we have a guy who for some reason is overseas who could potentially be like one of the best forwards in the league. And I get it. They're 22 years or younger. All right. So a lot of these guys are, um, you know, sent to the minors or they're sent back to, you know, like different, different leagues, OHL, uh, you know, the SHL, because they're trying to either build them up, make them stronger, make them a little, you know, beefier, put some weight. But you know what? I, I think, I think, you know, the shark, the shark should let these kids play. And I think that's maybe what the, what the league needs. I mean, I know that's what the Sharks need. We we need that youth. I mean, there's just a different game that they play. Yeah, some of the older guys, they're going to take cracks at you. And some of the older guys are going to play physical, gritty games. Because a, a lot of these guys, like like the Gets Laughs, and some of the, some of the players that we grew up watching, you know, they come from a different NHL. You know, it wasn't so much about finesse, and it wasn't so much about, you know, um, scoring. You know, not not you know it, it's it was it's a distant memory from now, but it hasn't been that long where um you know the NHL did their whole revision of the rules to impact uh you know scoring to, to you know to get that whole stat up. So long story short is you know we're seeing next we're seeing next generational talent and they're just sitting in the CUDA or they're sitting in the minors waiting for their chance to be on the main roster. And you know what kind of talent you have when you have like Brandon Coe scoring you know 100 points in the minor leagues you have you know you have all these guys Gannon LaRock being awarded you have Daniel Gushin I mean you name it every one of these guys in a prospect pool is highly decorated when it comes to their hockey accomplishments and that's what I think the Sharks need and just seeing little snippets here and there little pieces you know uh, being put into play late in the season to me it's not a surprise that they're winning games now anyways. Um, so yeah, I got my soapbox right there, but you know, let me ask you fans out there. Let me ask you something. Okay. If the sharks keep Eklund, Bordalo, Gushin, LaRock, Dolan, Raska, Reedy, Rutherby in permanent main roster spots. And they, um, ball out. Pardon me for lack of a better term, you know, but let's just say, you know, they go out on the ice and they win big and they they help this team get to the playoffs. Do you keep Bob Booner for a fifth year? Okay. Because here's, here's what I got to say, okay? Uh, you know, fans of Sharks territory for years have made it clear via social media that Bob Booner is their least favorite head coach in recent memory. All right? I know, I know I'm not very fond of him. I'll be honest. I'll own that. You know, but Booner has posted the three worst seasons in what, like 20 plus years of Sharks hockey. He missed the playoffs now for the third consecutive season. I think that's a franchise first. I'm almost certain it is. Uh, to be fair, you know, Booner had to follow the likes of Peter DeBoer, Todd McCollin, and Ron Wilson, each coach pushing the Sharks further than they've ever been before in the standings and the postseason. Uh, you know, but unlike, unlike the previous coaches, Booner did not have the benefit of a regular coaching term. You know, most of his tenure has been affected by the pandemic. Booner also did not have playoff contending Sharks roster to work with right away from the start as his predecessors had. Uh, so, you know, Booner, he's coached 
a little bit over 170 let me see maybe 172 games at this point and i believe he has like 67 wins all right so you know um why am i bringing all this up you know all these things are to be considered as to why he's going to have another crack at being a head coach um you know the impact of the pandemic uh, Boogner assumed the role of interim head coach and recorded 37 games as a Sharks bench boss in 2019-2020 before the season was cut short due to the pandemic. Following seasons reconfigured with 56 games in the season, all the same divisional teams in response to the pandemic. That started late January of uh, 2021. Uh, so our podcast actually started a year later. started this year, January. I think I said 2021 earlier. My, my apologies. This is 2022. Anyways, uh, in 2020, 2021, uh, the 2020-2021 season, that was last season, you know, that was affected by restrictions of travel. And at some point, they couldn't even practice and play in their own facilities. Uh, you know, Boogner and the Sharks had to play away from family in Arizona for like the start of the season. And, you know, the impact of the pandemic continued this year with, you know, um, it, it literally altered the coaching staff and the roster at, at one point for like a series of games. The Sharks played with a hybrid Sharks Barracuda team and no head coach behind the bench as most of the team was placed in league protocols. So, you know, when the team is constantly disrupted um, and they're kept apart from each other and, you know, in the case of like quarantine measures may not even be able to like, you know, see each other or really practice with each other or interact with each other after doing, you know, their practices um, it's tough to create culture. I believe Bugner said that at the beginning of this uh, season, like right before the season began, it was tough to create culture. You know what I mean? Um, so even though it seems that the culture that's already been created is a losing one, just know that Bugner's .447 win percentage that might have been affected after this, this weekend. I'll double check that. But just know that that was affected by a number of factors outside of what happens on the rink. And that has been taken into consideration by the Sharks franchise. Okay. Uh, we've covered this before. Another reason why Bob Booner will return next year. Um, again, uh, Doug Wilson, you know, in his absence, general manager Joel Wells, he's overseen hockey operations in San Jose. And outside of securing Tomas Hurdle's future in San Jose at the eight-year contract extension, most fans are going to remember him for the news that he put in early February when he shared that he approved of Bob Bugner and the job he was doing. I believe the quotes were, I'm really pleased with what he's done this year because what they've instilled is a pathway to win through accountability. Bugner holds players very accountable. Yeah, that's the quote. So, you know, Joe Will testifies to the Sharks' response to Bootner's expectations, noting defensive play and penalty kill efforts. He thinks these are the signs that show the team's buying into his system. And again, the search for the new general manager will supersede the search for a new head coach. All right. They're currently on the hunt for a new general manager following Doug Wilson's decision to step down. Uh, there's plenty of candidates' name being mentioned. However, the Sharks made it clear that there are no rush to make a selection. Uh, Joe Will and the Sharks front office already have a vote of confidence by team motor, Hazel Plattner, to proceed into next season with handling again, as we mentioned earlier, the draft and free agency. And Sharks also vaguely hinted that candidate they uh, may be in search for 
may not even be available for a while. Uh, so, you know, that kind of sets a stage for an extensive GM search. And uh, I think the Sharks are not likely to part ways with their head coach while trying to find Doug Wilson's successor. In fact, I'll reinstate this one more time, reaffirm it. It is more logical that the new GM will take place in the hiring process of the new head coach. So don't expect Bugner to go anywhere anytime soon for those of you out there who are waiting for that news to be dropped. And that's pretty much pretty much it. Um, let's double check the shark standings. I know a lot of you might be concerned the last couple of games. We've got, uh, you know, we're, we're piling up the points here. We're doing pretty well. The sharks maybe make it a little bit tougher to get Shane right. We covered the last podcast. That's a dream. <laughs> Don't bake on it. I mean, the Sharks may still technically be um, within the whole like 10, 10 count drop. Last time we got together, they are 12th ranked overall. I think over the weekend before they uh, put on the clinic in Chicago and embarrassed Vegas. Um, I believe they were like within the rules to like advance to the first round if they got selected in the draft. Um, the draft lottery, pardon, uh, pardon me, if they won the draft lottery. <clears throat> All right, so uh, checking up really quick with the league standings. This is current as of uh, a little bit past 10 o'clock here, local time on April 25th, 2022. Uh, San Jose Sharks, 32, 35, and 12 is their overall record. Still just sitting at seventh overall. Um, in regards to the whole league. Oh, that was our division, by the way. My bad. In regards to the whole league, yeah, the Sharks are two, three, four, five, six. I could count and I could do it out loud. Eleventh. So they're technically they're technically within that range. Uh, they meet the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow, as we mentioned. The Ducks, if the Ducks beat the Sharks, they may leapfrog over them. <laughs> uh, probably inappropriate uh, term for Ducks and Sharks game. But essentially, the, um, they'll fly over the Sharks. How about that? Uh, they'll fly over the Sharks, and um, they might be able to take that spot, and then we'll drop to 10th. Uh, so for those of you who are still hoping to secure Shane Wright via winning the draft lottery. You know, your hopes and your dreams are still kind of alive. I wouldn't bank on it, though. Anyways, uh, with that being said, uh, thank you, everybody, who's been listening this whole evening. I am Aaron James. Um, you can tell from the changing and the tone of my voice that it's getting to the late hours here in Shark City. So with that being said, if uh, nothing else going on in the chats... And uh, no other questions, which I highly doubt because, you know, we've been pretty much covering it all. How awesome was that, by the way? 0.9 seconds, Timo Meyer. That was freaking awesome. That was awesome. You know, a lot of fans out there were, were already kind of like um, talking about, you know, the Sharks already losing. I'm a firm believer it's not over till it's over. And that was a great, great example of, you know, why you should never give up on a game. 0.9 seconds, Timo Meyer. That was awesome. I mean, it's it's too bad that Thomas Bordelo wasn't able to do that nifty move and beat the goaltender while we're still in overtime. But it is what it is. Sharks still win. Um, man, literally a day after the one-year anniversary, 
almost in the same fashion. That was pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. It was it felt super, super good. Um and I think that's gonna probably much be that that might just be the highest of the high of this season, at least for the you know the closing chapter of the season. You know, we've had some pretty interesting games. We've you know, we've had some good times this whole season. Um and with that being said, we'll get together for two more episodes. Uh, this is the 29th episode, so uh, we're going to go 31 in honor of the 31st season here. Uh, again, thank you to everyone out there in Sharks Territory. Big shout out. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to keep up with all of our content. Uh, don't let those people censoring us out there discourage you. Shark City is growing and we're strong. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to do this again, uh, you know, for our fourth year here in Sharks Territory. All right. With that being said, I'm going to say goodnight to everybody. And as we always end the show, let's go Sharks. Good night, everybody.